0: to episode 27 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I am happy to be joined by one of the best up-and-coming recruiting insiders in the game, and my good friend, Travis Graff of Cats Illustrated. Travis, my man, what is going on?
1: Just living the dream, man. Living the dream. How are you doing? I, I heard you on the uh, pregame show today. That that was exciting for you.
0: Well, it was, man. It's a got to got to make money move somehow. Um, yeah, it was kind of a last second thing. Matt texted me and said, "Hey, is there any way we can get you on, uh, get you on the pregame show?" And and I drove to Lexington. And you were and we made, in the car before you replied. We made that happen, absolutely. And. Uh, it went. I mean, yeah, I I thought it went pretty well, and in, in fact, at the very end of it, Matt said that uh, he wanted me back to do the pregame show on Saturday, and I'll be I'll be co-hosting with none other than uh, Richie Farmer, which will be pretty pretty interesting. Um, quite the generational gap between the two of us, but man, I'm excited. I'm I'm a big uh, UK basketball history guy, and you know I watch film religiously, and and you know you just. Uh, you know, I have Kentucky basketball going through my blood I have my whole life So to, you know, to kind of be able to do that That's going to be pretty freaking awesome And uh, we have some other Travis, I know we can't get too much into it But we have some other uh some big money moves working behind the scenes w- between the two of us right now we have some some things brewing for you guys so um, those that listen to this show be prepared for the next uh, you know I don't know maybe couple couple weeks you know month month or two we got some things brewing be prepared for that Um speaking of having things brewing we are going to bring on a very 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 special guest today um, you know we you might have seen it on Twitter but 2022 five-star guard Sky Clark is gonna come on the show and talk to you guys and and kind of just um you know I, I, I want this to be an opportunity for fans to to know who this this Class of 2022 kid is. I know we've gone o- over and over again about the class of 2020. We're starting to dive into the 2021 guys like Paolo Banchero and and you know Musa Cisse, Musa Diabate, guys guys that um, you are you're starting to grow more and more familiar with. But um, you know 2022 is right around the corner and and that is you know there's there's so much talent in that class and and one of them. That is absolutely booming right now In the high school scene Is Sky Clark So we we wanted to get him on um, There's a lot of rumblings That Kentucky is the way early favorite So we wanted to bring him on So you guys can kind of get to know him A little bit more Before uh, he becomes a legitimate I mean he's already a legitimate UK target But before before things get really, really serious here in the next you know shoot, probably the next couple months, honest, honestly, uh, this is going to be a massive, massive player in the next in the very, very ne- immediate future. So we think it's going to be an awesome time. Uh, we're lo- really really looking forward to it uh, forward to it. And uh, with that, let's just jump right into our interview with Sky now. We are happy to be joined on the phone by 2022 five star guard and Kentucky recruiting target, Sky Clark. Sky, how are you doing today, man?
2: I'm good. How about you?
0: We're doing good, uh, we appreciate you taking the time to join us tonight, uh, we know the fans are going to love it, uh, they, they love getting kind of the inside scoop on, on some of the future kids and, and who Kentucky is potentially going after, so we are we are thrilled to have you on, we know this is going to be something that, that Kentucky fans really enjoy and just kind of uh, college basketball fans as a whole, it's, it's, it's going to be good, so... Uh, with that let's go ahead and get started um, For those that don't uh, For those that that follow High school basketball closely um, mm-hmm. They know who you are and what you bring To the table as a player but um, For those that don't Who who is Sky Clark uh, Both on and, and off The floor as, as a person and as a player
2: Well uh, as a Player um, As a player and a person I Just know I'm always giving my all uh, I'm a very loyal person um i love having fun i'm a goofy kid i'm a god-fearing man on the court uh always playing my hardest i love getting my teammates involved and i love winning
0: now what is what is something that not many people know about you i mean people can look up on youtube your highlights and and watch watch your games but what do you like to do off the basketball floor that kind of might come as a surprise to fans
2: uh well i love learning a lot of things uh Like, I want to learn how to play – I'm learning how to play guitar. I'm learning how to play piano. Uh, I'm a very goofy kid. I ride my bike around my neighborhood a lot. I once rode my bike 11 miles away from the house and got lost. But, but yeah, I just – I'm an explorer. Uh, I love learning new things.
1: So, as a player, what do you think separates your game from the rest of the players in your class? Your dad, uh, whenever I talked to him not too long ago, he said people Mm -hmm. call you Skyry. Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) And – what what's your opinion on that and what separates you from the rest of your class uh i love the nickname uh a lot of people say i play like him and he's one of the best point guards in, if not the best point guard in the league so just having that nickname is a huge thing and uh what separates me is if you look at the top really like top 30 kids in our class all the kids can shoot all the kids got to handle We're all like pretty much have like a lot we all have a lot of skill but i think what separates me is just my hard work uh i work out every day i give it my all uh on the court i play with a lot of energy a lot of passion uh and i love playing defense and so i also love winning so just those things combined i just bring a whole different different like vibe to the court now you've been pretty outspoken
1: about how rankings don't matter and all that, and you like your mm-hmm. play do the talking on the on the floor. I think if I think your play must be doing a lot of talking because like every other day your dad is texting me like, "Hey, Sky just dropped thirty points. Sky's doing. <laughs> Sky just dropped forty and uh, well, I don't remember the exact number, but Sky just went off in a pair of Kobe's in a twenty four jersey."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let me get to any other questions. What what was the what was the Kobe thing
2: like for you? Like uh, it was you're out there in L A. Oh, yeah, uh, it's, 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 I still don't even, I just, I forget about it sometimes because I still don't believe that he's dead. It's just, it's a heartbreaking thing. Uh, it affected the whole city. Uh, still, it's affecting the whole city, but first few days after it happened, like, every, like, literally everyone, wherever you went, it was just, everybody's mood was down and everybody was talking about it. But the beautiful thing about it is, it's bringing everyone together. That's a good thing about uh city of L. A. Is once someone that they rock with dies, the whole city comes together. So it's a beautiful thing to watch.
0: Man, yeah, that's crazy. Just thinking like how much it affects. Like we're we're all the way out here in Kentucky, and it's like I mean it like shut down the entire state for like two whole days. Like I mean it was something that like that's all anybody ever talked about. That's all anybody talked about on social media. And like for for us to see like how much it kind of kind of took away from from us and 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 all that like i i couldn't even imagine how much it'd be magnified in your hometown where you know kobe became kobe you know like and and you know it, it that's that's just absolutely crazy what did what did you like you know did you take anything after kobe and kind of his mentality and kind of what what he brings to the ta- what he brought to the table on the basketball floor is that something that you kind of um you know work with in in your own game
2: oh yeah um Kobe is one of the biggest reasons why I started playing basketball. But uh, it wasn't until like summer of summer going into ninth grade where like I really understood what mama mentality uh, was. And that's really when I started getting in the gym a lot and working my hardest and going 100% in the court. So he's basically the biggest reason why. Or not the, not God's the biggest reason why I'm here my family. But if it wasn't for seeing like how hard he worked and stuff, I don't think I would be as good as I am right now. Now, kind of shifting a little bit
0: more toward, you know, back toward um, you know, you and your growth in, individually and and kind of you you growing from 7th, se- 8th grade, you know, kind of how much you've you've grown over these last couple years in particular. Um, when did you kind of first realize that you were going to be a high major player at the college level and like did you have an on-court moment or anything like that where you just kind of realized like, "Whoa, I I
2: think I can play in the NBA." It really wasn't. It really wasn't until beginning of this my soph- this year, so my sophomore year. Um, I really lacked a lot of confidence in my game. I started playing fifth grade. I started off as a center. And as the years I developed into a point guard, but I didn't really have much confidence in my game. I was just really doing it because people were saying I was good. But something clicked uh, this year, and my confidence went up and everything. So yeah, it was it was this year. Now I know you. I mean, you've
0: you've said on multiple multiple occasions on this podcast alone about about your relationship with God, and I know your dad kind of told us beforehand when we were talking to him him before that faith has just been a, a huge impact of uh, an aspect of your life and and a key to your basketball journey. Um, kind of dive into that a little bit. What has that been like, and and how have you kind of used your faith to fuel you as a basketball player?
2: Oh. Guys, the reason for everything, um, good or or bad, uh, it was always good in the bad. But uh, you know, I just trust him with my career. I trust him with everything. I trust him that he protect me, and he's given me these abilities to do what I can do it on the court. And so I just play for him and live my life through him.
1: Now, your younger brother just recently just this past weekend whenever you we Vanderbilt picked up an offer from them. It was his first D one offer. What what's that like having someone fall in your footsteps the way he has? I'm like I'm sure you're a big role model
2: of his. Mm-hmm. Uh no, nah, it was an amazing feeling. Uh um that was actually his second D oh, one offer. Oh, that's right was from uh the poll, which was my first offer as well. But uh to have Vandy as an eighth grader that's a huge thing for him. Now, now did he did he get offers before you did? Before
1: you ever, like, how young were you when you got your first D1 offer?
2: I got my 1st D1. I got my first one in eighth grade for football as well. That's cool. Sure. I think yeah, he got he got his eighth grade. But him getting an offer from Van was a huge thing for me because I see it. He has everything to be great. Uh, he got a handle, jump shot, toughness. He's just now starting to play some tough defense. I've been on his head about that. But uh but not. His hard work is paying off now to see it.
1: No it's like, early, but where does your recruitment stand right now as a whole? Um are you starting to get some idea of uh, early favorites or coaches that stand
2: out, schools that stand out, any sort of thing like that? Uh really? Biggest ones, Kentucky, Florida pretty much all the ones that I've offered me and then Kentucky and Gonzaga as well.
0: Kentucky's interest has grown, um, you know. Obviously, specifically over the last couple months, in particular, um, you know, specifically with like coaches' visits and, and scheduling this uh, this upcoming unofficial visit that you're going to take on February 29th. Uh, what is what is your interest in that program right now, and and just kind of why why do they have they kind of separated themselves out um, a little bit for you? Uh,
2: they're definitely definitely in my top five, um, but as we all know. Uh, Coach Calipari is an amazing coach, the coach of the everything about Kentucky is just it's a new level. They're uh, trying to get you to the league, which is my ultimate goal. And they're going to they're going to push you to be not just a player in the league, but one of the top players in the league. And that's something I'm definitely looking for when I go to college. What
0: are you um, kind of hoping to get out of this visit to Lexington? I know that you guys have had some some scheduling, not necessarily conflicts, but I know um, you know there was an, an original conflict, and then I think Joel said something along the lines of that he wanted you to to get an actual game atmosphere when when you get get to Lexington. So you know, what are you kind of mm-hmm. hoping hoping to get out of that visit?
2: Uh, just more insight on you know the campus and the coaching staff and the the culture there and see how I fit into the, the system and stuff. Now, I know, now, we'll... K- go for it. Kentucky's just now, like, starting to offer a
1: lot of 2022 kids. they haven't really extended very many offers. They haven't really dove into the 2022 class that that deep yet. But mm-hmm. what does it mean to you to, that you're pretty much their
2: their guy at the guard position? Yeah, it's it's all. It means everything. Um, Kentucky has always been one of my top college choices ever since I started playing basketball. Uh, it's very humbling and just knowing that I'm on the radar, it only pushes me to work harder.
0: What other schools are, are prioritizing you early and, and, um, do you think have a legit shot in your, in your recruitment?
2: Gonzaga is definitely up there. Florida state is also another one. Memphis Vanderbilt, uh, Arizona and DePaul. Paul. comes time for a decision. Like, what do you think will be your most important factors when choosing a school? Uh, Georgetown's another school, also. And uh, probably the biggest factor is really just a school that's going to help me achieve my dreams and get me ready for the pros, and that's going to push me academically, uh, help me, you know, become a better person. And better teammate, better point guard And just help me grow all around Now kind of the The biggest thing
0: with high school stars Nowadays I mean we're, we're hearing it with You know every single class it feels like uh, The big reclass option Everybody talks about it um, Moving up a year potentially Is that something that you're, you're interested in Exploring or um, You know or is that something that you're not You're not interested what, what's, what's kind of um, Are you gauging that at all
2: Uh, That's definitely an option, but uh, we haven't talked much about it. We're just enjoying the process as it goes. You only got one high school career, and once it's gone, you can't get it back. So, you know, we're just taking everything slow. How are you guys
0: kind of weighing, you know, the the pros and cons of that? Because I know the, um, you know, some of the past guys that have made decisions. I mean, even with Kentucky, you know, Terrence Clark, De- Devin Askew. Just in this class, this next class alone, they they reclass. Um, I know they kind of mentioned the the two two major sides you brought up, the high school part. You know, in terms of staying, um, you know, there's high school, there's prom, there's, um, you know, you know. Going on another run for a state title, those type of things, mm-hmm. and then in terms of, of the the pros of, of going to the college college route a, a year early, you know, it's it's potentially a, a year closer to the NBA. There's you know. Development under a major college coach, stuff like that. So, what are you know what kind of goes through a player's head when in terms of making a, a reclass decision? I know you're really early in it and, and haven't discussed it too much, but um, what goes what goes through your mind as a, as a player that's going to be be considering that?
2: Well, a pro would be, you know, if you're ready for it, then I mean, go ahead and do it. But some of the cons are, I've never held back or reclass back or anything, so I'll be losing a year of growth uh, as a person, as a student, and as an athlete, and, like, developing as a point guard. A lot of dudes who reclass up um, don't really pan out well because that year of growth is really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So for for fans, you know, trying to dive a little bit more further into your game and kind of what you bring to the table on court – um, what would you say your biggest strength is uh, on the basketball court? What what separates your game in particular from from everybody else out there?
2: I would say just making my teammates better and my ability to get my team involved. Uh, I'm listed as a combo guard, but I think I'm more of a point guard. And um, you know, just know I'm always give it all, every single play, every single game for the whole entire season. And I'm trying to win a championship wherever I am go.
0: Now, uh, as far as weaknesses go, what do you think uh, you need to improve on as a player moving forward? And, and honestly, just in terms of both strengths and weaknesses, how do you think you've built on both of them, you know, kind of building on the strength strengths and correcting some of those weaknesses uh, this, this season in particular?
2: Uh, well, I think the two most important things, um, uh, three technically, uh, my IQ – uh, just get my IQ more better at the point guard, uh, more consistent jump shot. My jump shot percentage from last year to this year has jumped up a whole lot. Um, I think I'm shooting 85 or 86% from the free throw and, like, 38% from the three-point. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot higher than last year. And then also getting my body ready for the next level.
0: Now I know it's it's pretty you know you're you're far off from a decision and 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 all that stuff. But have you talked to any other players about potentially teaming up, or is there any other guys that you're you're interested in in, in playing with at the next level? Um, you know, is are you even at that point yet?
2: Uh, yeah, I can't mention who, but uh, we got we got some things in the, uh in the working. that uh, right, so is, if it happens, is, then it's gonna be scary.
1: Is this a package deal like a quote package deal that never happens or is this like a all right this this thing could actually happen type of deal
2: Nah, this this for sure for sure can happen uh yeah and if it does it'll be it'll be real scary now is that a 2022
0: kid or is that a 2021 one kid is that or is that part of the the i can't tell you
2: that's a it's uh it's a few 2022 kids actually
0: all right all right i got you i got you um travis you got anything else that, that you want to you want to add
1: all right scott can you teach me i've watched your slam documentary stuff i've watched all your other things can you teach mm-hmm. me how to be as cool as you are on camera and can you explain <laughs> what it like. thank to you get a haircut like four or five days, like every four or five days
2: oh uh, yeah um I mean, you just gotta be born with it. I can give you I can give you a few pointers, but uh but nah, the haircut thing, uh just gotta stay fresh, you know. Did you 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 miss the lower lower hairline? What happened? You missed the lower hairline like you talked about in the documentary? Yeah, but thank god I got it back. So we're we 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 chilling right now. But uh yeah, those those dark times for me.
0: Well, would you? Do you have one one more game left this year,
2: or at least nah, the, the regular, regular season? Over. Yeah, uh, our regular season ended last week, um, but we got our first playoff game tomorrow against Campbell Hall, and we win that, we got our second one Friday.
0: Alright, well, um, man, unless Travis, if you don't have anything else, um, you know, we can we can go ahead and end it there. Man, this was this was a ton of fun. Um, you know, good luck in that game that game tomorrow and the rest of the season as, as the postseason goes on. Uh man, we, we really look forward to talking to you again and uh good good luck in on your, your trip to Lexington here next in the next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, thank you. I'm excited. Uh thank y'all for having me. I look forward to speaking
0: with y'all again. I got you, man. Yes, well well, that's that is Sky Clark and uh um, we will we'll see you later man.
2: I see it. Thank you.
0: All right. We are back from our interview with Sky Clark and man Travis. That that is one charismatic kid if I've ever heard one.
1: You stole my word, damn it. <laughs> that, is, that kid is electric on a microphone and he's electric of the camera like I said during the interview. He has I forget the exact number. He's pushing almost 200,000 Instagram followers. He's a superstar out in L.A. He's got 192,000 followers on Instagram, getting like 30,000 likes per uh, per post. I mean, just a superstar on and off the court, social media mogul. He's he's all that. He's a well-rounded kid, very well-spoken. I liked what he was talking about with his faith and talking about how you could tell he, he lit up when talking about his younger brother getting that Vanderbilt offer.
0: Man, isn't isn't that awesome just how you you know how open he is about his about his faith and how much he you know he he factors that in with his life and how much he he aspires to be a role model for his younger brother and and I mean he it's it, there's so many celebrity type Type basketball players out there that you know they 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 shortchange you with answers and they'll they, you know they'll give you the typical BS. But man, that is a kid that just loves who he is as a person and how he was raised. And and man, that that was just one heck of an interview. Travis, real quick, give me uh give me some of your favorite moments from from that, and, and kind of we'll we'll just kind of go back and forth talking about uh you know kind of what just what we heard in general.
1: Well, I already talked about what he's talking about with his faith. I I love that he's very open about that. I love how he's open about everything, and I'm gonna have my ear to the ground. I know you will too, trying to figure out who the heck he's talking about with the with the possibly teaming up with in co- in college, because if I'm like I said, Sky is one of those players that is huge on and off the court. He's gonna attract very many top level players to play alongside him and just his personality is going to track them alone. But also, I mean, he's one of the more electric scorers on the West Coast, if not all, in all of high school basketball.
0: I mean, in terms of, like, creative scores and just just being so so just damn, you know, distinguished with his, you know, just his offensive skill set and, and for how young he is, like – Man, I mean, it, that, that Skyree nickname I mean, it, it's there for a reason Like, that is that is a future superstar In fact, for him to be a top 20 kid right now I mean, it depends on which recruiting service you use But for him to be as I mean, top 20 is not low But for him to be as low as he is Given how talented he is it, That's that's a big surprise to me But, it you know, it's pretty cool Well, thing. you gotta
1: think, too This 2022 class is star-studded I'm like, there is some absolute freaks and, I mean, it's not a slam at anybody to be ranked. On rivals, he's 17th right now. Yeah. Uh, granted, he's got four stars. I think he's uh, – Eric Bossy, I believe it was the other day, said that he's going to get bumped up to a five sooner rather than later. But if you look at this top 25 of this 2022 class, there's some dudes up there.
0: And, man, my favorite, favorite part of the, the interview was – how open he was about his about his, his you know the the reclass process and how he he is very strongly considering that you know it's so uh, it, it's so funny I talked to to Devin Askew's dad um, at at the Hoop Hall Classic a couple of weeks back and and he was like you know it's it's so tough to to know that you're ultimately going to reclass to the you know the the class ahead and not tell anybody about it for obvious reasons for you know for for a bunch of different reasons. And for for him to just be as open about it as as he was, and just kind of say, you know, I'm I'm gonna sit down and talk to my family about it, and kind of weigh out the pros and cons. I understand that I could go to go to school a year earlier, get some some high major coaching, go, um, you know, potentially get a year closer to the NBA. That's a very you know, that's obviously a huge dream of his, and. You know, but at the same time, he also wants to be a kid. He also wants to be, you know, he his exact quote was, "You can only go to high school once. You can only be a high a high school, in you know, a high school student once in your life," and you know that's going to play a big part of it. And and we we've heard with with other guys, you know, even Paolo Banchero, a guy that we're we are thinking is it could potentially still move up to the class of 2020. 2020. He specifically is is telling people that he doesn't want to move up because of of how much he just wants to be a kid and, and stick around and go to prom, go, you know, graduate with his friends and and do, you know, just be a high school senior for for, you know, the the one time in his life he's able to be one. So, it, you know, it's very it was a very um just open, vulnerable type interview where we just kind of got to know who Sky was as as a person, um uh, who he was as a player, his his open thoughts about about who he is and and all that, man. It was that was just uh, that was just one one heck of an interview, um, Travis. Okay, now after talking to him in person or you know on the phone, give me your your gut reaction to his recruitment. What do you you know What do you think now uh, about Kentucky's chances of landing him? Uh, before we
1: ever interviewed him, I said a, I said a few weeks ago on House of Blue on Cats Illustrated that I feel like I will put in a future cast for Kentucky whenever they offer him. if I feel like if Kentucky stays hard on him, then he'll be a cat. I think that 100%. I think that their their family knows what they want from a school and that Kentucky provides that for them. And it like, like I've talked about multiple times, how he's a superstar off the court. There's no better platform for a player like that than Kentucky or another Blue Blood. And I think Kentucky fits the bill of everything that they're wanting in a school right now. And so, yeah, I think, as of right now, my money would be on Kentucky for either 2021 or 2022. I, I don't know which class it would end up being, by like Kentucky's chances.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's the only major takeaway you can have. I mean, we weren't I, – I was trying my best to not pry about Kentucky. I mean, I asked, you know, what's Kentucky's pitch and, and all that stuff, but – I wasn't doing the, you know, the prying stuff like, okay, tell me how much you really like, you know, I wasn't, I was just trying to let him, Hey, what's your, you know, be honest. What's your just overall interest in Kentucky and all that. And, and he, he was the one that kind of took over and said, Oh yeah, they're definitely in my top five. They are definitely a school that I'm going, that's going to be right in it until the very end. Um, I mean, the only school he really glowed about the same way, I mean, or even in a, in a comparable way was Gonzaga and, you know, knowing what what we've heard you know on the recruiting trail and all that Gonzaga's a I mean that that's a solid fit for him that's a school that could could be a contender in the end but all of the early rumblings have been that Kentucky is the very very early and overwhelming favorite and after talking to him on the phone I mean I just I just there's nothing nothing that that Told me in that conversation that Kentucky wasn't going to be, you know, right there in it at the end, if not the the overwhelming favorite to to land him when it comes time for a decision. Um, you know, I, I I think he's at the end of the day he's going to end up reclassing as well. Although, man, that. that that quote in particular about him teaming up with one person in particular—I know he said a couple guys he's he's interested in—but there's one guy in particular that he said uh, it makes me it makes me you know interested to see if that other individual is thinking about reclassing and and you know with Kentucky being kind of the the general favorite right now, if he does reclass, is that guy going to also go to Kentucky? So we also have to factor that in if you know we. We we've already been pretty outspoken about how much we like Kentucky's chances with guys like like Jaden Hardy. How much we think UK is going to land Paolo Banchero if he if he ultimately decides to stick with with 2021. I mean, at, at some point we're we're already starting to kind of uh, you know if things go as go as planned. I mean the the class of 2021 is already kind of unofficially rounding into form. I guess I guess you could say. Would you would you kind of agree with that?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you can add like Sky and Brandon Huntley Hatfield and possibly others on down the line. I think you could add twenty twenty two guys to that twenty twenty one class because I think that's ultimately ultimately gonna. I think that class is ultimately going to have a couple of twenty twenty two reclass guys in it.
0: Did we just did we just answer our own question about who it is? I mean, it has to be Huntley Hatfield, right?
1: I don't know about that. I mean, that's just that would be speculation if it was just Kentucky base. I mean, hell, I hope it's Amani Bates.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I mean, he did say he did say if it happens, it's gonna be something special. So Amani Bates would be pretty damn special if I if I if I ever. Spoiler: Amani
1: Bates is never touching a college campus.
0: No way. And that okay, let's factor that into into all of this. Well, okay, if you are a guy like Sky Clark And you are I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be any secret That he's going to end up being a top 10 type player You know, if, if he's not top 10 At least top 12, top 13 um, Okay, if this one and done rule passes Or I, I guess the one and done rule leaves Where does that stand with guys like Sky Clark Who are not the Amadi Bates of the world? You know, the, is, is he... I, talked,
1: I talked to his dad um, a couple weeks ago. Did an interview for Cats Illustrated. It we were both talking. It's understood that I mean he's going to be like one of those guys that is going to be on the level that can test the pros. But he said we're 100 percent going to college. He told me that straight up. He's like, I don't even want to talk about anything NBA related in the interview because I don't want to give people the wrong impression. Good. And but. I, I mean, it's a clear understanding, but when we were talking about it, that he's going to be that type of guy that could test test the waters, and, or there's no testing out high school, but could go and would probably get drafted. But they're they're going to go to college.
0: Yeah, that, I mean that's huge, and, and it almost makes me think. Okay, yes, I understand that he wants to he wants to do the high school thing, and that's that's kind of you know t- pulling at his heartstrings a little bit, but. Think of it. Think of it from a timelines pers- pers- timeline perspective. If he were to reclass to 2021, he would be able to get you know. And if if he were to you know kind of expedite the process now and and make the decision to reclass like in the next couple months or so, um, this next year would be you know kind of what like like what Terrence Clark did, where his junior year or his um his junior year quickly turns into his senior year. Where, you know, he, he'll he be able to, you know, basically pretend to be a senior He'll be able to go through, I'm, I'm sure they'll let him go to prom He'll They'll let him do all the high school stuff He'll be able to go to all the high school all-star events Like Terrence Clark and, and you know, I know Devin Askew didn't make the McDonald's game But, you know, he's eligible to, to be in them So, you know, he'd be able to do all the high school stuff then he'd be able to go to college for one year, um, a year early, play at play at a school like Kentucky, develop, you know, develop under a guy like John Calipari, and then and then make the jump to the NBA. I mean, he would literally be able to do all three things he's dreaming of doing in in you know one one year shorter than his original plan. I mean, I think
1: my my thing with Sky is I think that it's all gonna come down to development for him because you see guys like we talk about Paulo. Paulo's a guy you know that could come in and dominate. Um, the 2020 class right now. Mm-hmm. Sky probably could too, but Sky's smaller stature and it's more hit or miss with guards whenever it comes to reclassification most of the time. But the thing is, the 2021 class is much weaker than the 22 class. And like I said, I think it just comes down to personal development. It'll be something to monitor. I think it's always going to be on the table up until the last minute. But like Sky said, he's a true uh, he's a true sophomore he mm-hmm. never got held back so he would be missing that year development and that junior year development um is usually the most crucial for high school prospects
0: yeah that's true but at the same time that's that's literally the exact same thing terrence clark terrence clark's coach uh told me when, when the reclass buzz kind of came around for the first time, when Terrence was saying, yeah, that's something I'm interested in. he He's the one that, re- that reached out to me in particular and said, Terrence Clark is a true, I guess at the time uh, it was, he is a true um, junior. He is stepping on campus as a junior this fall. He will not be reclassing. And I kind of, you know, took him at his word, like, okay, yeah, I mean, it does make sense. He's, yeah, you always have to take him at the word he, He's at, word you know, he's word. of age to, you know, it's not like he he moved up a year. He's he's on pace for what he's supposed to be, and still, at the end of the day, what did Terrence Clark do? He decided to reclass. So. I if if I were to, you know, make a make a final decision right now based on what what I know, I think I think he will be playing at Kentucky in two seasons, I really do. I think I think he will be a part of the class of 2021 and uh he'll be a pretty damn good one. That's that's going to be a kid that that is going to put up numbers at the college level. I mean, I, I do I hope it's Kentucky, yeah, but um but no matter where he goes, that's going to be an an awesome awesome basketball player and just an awesome person, man That was such a fun interview Talking to him Just kind of getting getting to know him kinda, You know, we, we said before Before we got started That we just wanted it to be um, You know, wanted to get get Give fans the opportunity To get to know this kid um, On a personal level I guess you could say You know, before things get get super serious and offer comes Which I think will come in the next You know, potentially on his visit Visit in, in late February So, yeah um, Awesome! Awesome. I'd like to man. get him back
1: back on the show after, sometime after the visit, just to talk about what he was anticipating going into the visit, what he was like, what he found out on the visit, and his reactions after the visit. I think it would be cool to, because we talked about, we talked to him about the visit leading up to it tonight, and then here in a few weeks, possibly talk to him mm-hmm. about after the visit, what all he's learned about Kentucky, what else is there. Just have him on for a few minutes again.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, shoot, it doesn't have to be. Any longer than five ten minutes. I mean, it just yeah. just to just to bring him on and say, yeah, man, that visit was exactly what I was hoping it would be. It was you know, here's what I learned from Calipari. Here's what I learned because from the
1: he's not going to st- give you the same run the bill answers. Like the players, like oh yeah, we went to the game, we saw the facilities, blah blah blah. He's not going to give you those answers. He'll give you more, much more in depth answers than that
0: yeah absolutely. yeah that's um, yeah, we can we can wrap that up there and and kind of move on, but man, that was that was an awesome interview. We thank Sky for for jumping on with us and talking to us and and uh, um, we we really look forward to having him on again. We think it'll be an awesome time and uh, um, we're looking forward to it. Uh, with that, you know, we literally just we literally just turned off the TV from watching Kentucky down in Vanderbilt. Um pull off a pull off a major come from behind victory. So, you know, let's let's just go ahead and move on to that. There's not a lot going on in recruiting. Um we we were gonna bring David So David we we've kind of talked about in the past. David is still very much involved in the show. We we he's he is still our co host, but he kinda told us going into February that he you know he's a high school basketball coach. So this is kind of the heat of his of his season right now. He's coaching. He's he, you know he's he's busy with practice and all that. So he kind of told us going into it that hey, this is going to be a really really tough uh, tough several weeks. So just kind of bear with us. So we're kind of working around his schedule, and if he can jump on, we're we're going to allow for it. And if not, we're you know we'll we'll give him another opportunity here in the next couple days to to do that. So um, as of right now, we're gonna t- we're gonna. Tentatively plan on just you know no no recruiting talk outside of what we just talked about. Break down this game a little bit and kind of keep this episode a little bit shorter than usual. And then if if uh, you know some major news breaks in the next couple days and or David gets you know he wants to jump on and break down. What he saw from you know after watching film or kind of just break down what what he's seen from the team over the last couple of day, uh, uh, last couple of games, we will certainly do that. Um, so with that, let's let's jump into this game a little bit and you know and uh, talk talk about how things went. So first off, how do you I, get down? I
1: know, to- Aaron, I know how we can make this episode shorter. Oh. I know how we can do it. Okay, we can only talk about the second half.
0: That sounds like a fantastic plan because getting down 14 points in the first half to a team like Vanderbilt, who you know the one and nine in the SEC. I know they've been playing well over the last couple of games, but they are still Vanderbilt. They can't, you know, Kentucky came out and like Travis said, we're, we'll we'll run through this very very quickly. They came out, they were sloppy. I think t- two assists in the first half uh, on ten made baskets or something crazy, maybe nine made baskets, and I think Vandy had. Uh, What was it, 10 assists on 13 made baskets, I believe what it was It was very obvious that, that Kentucky was just all sorts of discombobulated in the first half Whereas Vandy was hitting their shots, they were uh, passing the ball around, finding assists Just night and day difference And then it was like everything flipped in the second half Kentucky came out firing almost immediately And we got huge, huge games from guys like Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese finished with 25 points, 10 of 17 shooting, Three of four from three, including that one that bounced all the way, damn near hit the ceiling and and bounced back in. That was massive. He also had four rebounds, uh, two blocks and two steals. Huge game from him. And then behind him, Emmanuel quickly once again, 18 points, three of four from three, seven of seven from the line, also had five rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Those are the top two stories from this game. I mean the guard play from those two in particular was absolutely stellar. Give me your your top takeaway from this game.
1: You named the top 2 takeaways and you named the top 2 guards and you didn't even name the one that almost had a triple double. Ashton Hagen's had 11 points, 10 rebounds and 8 assists after a rusty 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 first half after a hell his last few games have been pretty shaky.
0: He's he uh, he's had 22 turnovers versus 25 assists over his last five games horrible yep. and, that's,
1: and that's an average college point guard but that is not what kentucky basketball needs for them to make run in march but tonight he had one hell of a bounce back game he missed a couple bunny layups but i will take that if he's playing full speed up and down wreaking havoc like all of the guards were doing tonight i will take those misses um he was finding the open man making the easy pass that's the main thing. And like you were talking about Tyrese Maxey, the scary thing for college basketball is he's really starting to turn the corner these last few games. He is – he had 25 points tonight. Um, another thing, Ashton Higgins only had one turnover. So, he had eight assists and one turnover. So, that that was great. UK was blocking shots like Nerland's Noel and Anthony Davis were out there. I think they ended up with 12 total. Um, Nick Richards had three. EJ Montgomery had three. I thought uh, I thought EJ – played like he didn't really stick out at all but you look at the box score he gave you six points and nine rebounds and three blocks you would take that on a nightly basis any time of the week from him
0: plus 15 t- uh second on the team behind emmanuel quickly i mean he was he was effective he was he was efficient um he, he lately he hasn't been a guy that's that's been trying to force the issue shooting the ball he is he is kind of turning into a i'm gonna try to be a um, you know, do whatever I can to you know outside the box score. I know he didn't make an impact on the box score, but he's trying to just be a high energy guy. He's trying to you know be a, a high level defender. He's he's trying to make the you know the open passes. He's trying to move the ball around. It's like he it's like he's trying to you know take a, take. Um, uh, the next step up in his game, outside of of just the point total that that people have kind of been hoping for out of him. So, man, I, I like, yeah, I, I completely agree. I am very, very, very happy with with his play lately.
1: Right now, you saw how Kentucky was whenever they let the guards rip and run in the second half. You mm-hmm. saw how electric that offense was, right? And you saw how free flow, free flowing it was, and like they were, they put the best backcourt in the country on display tonight. Mm-hmm. And would you rather have more spacing, possibly uh, Richards and Brooks, or Richards and four guards, or would you rather c- continue with um, EJ and Nick type of deal? Because like I said, EJ played great tonight, but you saw what the guards can do whenever they have more spacing.
0: Yeah, I think I think that that is 100% the answer. I think um, when when they can kind of get out and running, and I think I think the big problem that kind of with Ashton is has been he has had tunnel vision because things are clogged just you know he he runs into a clogged lane and kind of jumps up in the air and kind of assumes hey there's going to be somebody open somewhere but they're you know being well defended things yeah I mean I think that's a really good point things have just been a little bit too um too uncomfortable for the team you know given you know the the current lineup and and you know I I really do like that get out and run that four out with with Keon and and uh you know I yeah I completely agree I think that's that's that may be the answer moving forward. I mean, um, I like what EJ has been bringing to the table and I think, I think switching them out back and forth. And I mean, you don't have to go to that, you know, get out and run type thing.
1: Every, I would like every to see four guards with, if, uh, guys like Hagan's, um, uh, Maxi quickly and Juzang can rebound like they have, like they've shown that they can. I wouldn't mind a period of time playing with four guards in a big, because we were talking about EJ and Keon. You saw tonight Keon was making a couple of silly mistakes. He, he played decent off the bench, but EJ is thinking a lot less whenever he's out there. He's just doing. Keon's still thinking.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've... So I,
1: I think that um, – I'd like to see a four-guard lineup.
0: Yeah, I that, I think that'd be pretty darn impressive. Man, the Ashton thing has just been – that has just been, been very difficult because, I mean, to start the year, I mean, Calipari said that he was the best point guard in college basketball, and I don't think anybody, anybody – you know argued with him i think everybody just kind of assumed yeah i mean in terms of of how he's finding his teammates and the assist numbers are up turnovers are down and you know he was he's getting, getting to the line making shots you know better than he ever has in you know at the line his, his entire basketball career um, he was doing it all and it was just like something something happened where where it's just like something something flipped and and he I think John uh, Joel Justice said in the media media opportunity that uh, he might might be a little winded, um, you know, th- at this point in the season he's he's starting to get a little tired. Um, I think we you know he kind of hit that brick wall last season around this time as well. Just like man, he has to do whatever it takes to fight through because I mean you know you're going to get 15 plus from Emmanuel quickly every night. Um, you know you can rely on Nick Richards. You know you can but. But you 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 got to get something you got to get something consistent out of Ashton Hagen's every single night, and it doesn't have to be uh, 25 and 11 assist point assist per game type thing. It can be what he did tonight. I mean, tonight was the the perfect example of when when Ashton Hagen's kind of takes a step back, he slows down, he lets you know just he he thinks when he does that. Ashton Hagen's, you know, just I mean, he is the he is the reason that things kind of d- just work. I mean, that he had eight assists; he he could have had several more if it weren't for missed layups. He could have made a, you know another layup or two, but he you know he is kind of that focal point on the team that they need him to be you know to put forth efforts like this on a you know, a, a regular basis. Um, rough first half for him, but man, in that second half he he looked like a special basketball player. Great to see after his five game or so slump. Uh, he needed this game. He really, really needed it. Um man, talk to me talk to me about Nate Casena. I mean, it, it it's starting to feel like Nate is the last guy in the rotation and and you know he it's like he's it's like he's a net negative at this point. I think he was he had the second lowest um plus minus on the team with uh 3 plus 3. So, I mean, what what are what are we getting out of Nate and what, you know, it should we expect anything to close out the season from him?
1: I don't think you can expect much in SEC play. I think he's going to be big in some tournament matchups against different teams that have slowed down with less athletic players than SEC caliber teams. But that's that's one thing I, I'm sure I brought up on here before. I know I've said on my other podcasts that the SEC doesn't always have the best basketball players. They've got the best athletes. Mm-hmm. And Sestina just – they get them spread out, and then every single time it's rinse and repeat, they get them in a high ball screen where they force the switch, and then he's just not quick enough laterally to – um guard guards or athletic wings or forwards out on the perimeter, and he gets beat baseline more than I ever did in high school, and I was slower now. <laughs> and you saw me the other day. We played pickup, and uh, <laughs> the. Uh, I think that at the end of the day, um, Reed Travis was just, uh, I think he just spoiled Kentucky fans. Because that's what everybody envisioned in a grad transfer. Whenever he was the pack, best player in the Pac-12 and then transferred. This was a guy from Bucknell who nobody had heard of until he was like, hey, I'm going to transfer to Kentucky. And I think a couple early games against like Michigan State where he played great. And then, I mean, he's been, like I said, he's been great. And so, He's had his moments this year, but it's just not been against SEC teams on a consistent basis. He, he is what he is, and you just have to accept that this time. But with him get, getting limited minutes at this time, it, it's allowing Johnny to get more minutes. It's allowing Keon to get more minutes. It's allowing uh, EJ to have a longer leash. So I think it's a net positive for the team. And like I said, I think Nate's going to have some big moments in the tournament.
0: Um, so I, th- I don't know off the top of my head how many games are left, but what are there, eight more regular season games left?
1: Oh uh, that sounds right.
0: Um, I'm pulling it up right now. Um, do, 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 do. All right. We have Ole Miss on Saturday followed by LSU, um, followed by LSU, Florida, Texas A&M, Auburn, Tennessee, and Florida. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games left in the regular season, uh, before we hit postseason play. With seven games left, Travis, give me your overall optimism or pessimism going into postseason play about you know whether this team can, can still – you still think they can make noise or not.
1: I think the second half tonight should turn on a light for this team. Will it? Who knows. But we'll know next game because I think that they finally realize in the second half, like, hey, we can kick this team's ass. And they had been playing to down to the level of competition every single game during the SEC slate. And they were down nine at the half, ended up winning by 14, I believe. Yeah, 14. Mm-hmm. And I think that second half they was turning on, and they played to their strengths. And now the next step is going to be playing three-quarters of a game where you're whooping the team's butt instead of playing down the competition. And then hopefully you start peaking at the end of this month and um, – like, leading into March, you you got Tyrese Maxey that's turned the corner. You got Ashton Higgins that hopefully the is turning back in the right direction after night. You got Emmanuel Quickly who's been as steady as a guard that there is in the country. And you got one of the best big men in the country, and Nick Richards. Like I said all year, I don't think this team would win it any other year, but this is the year that this team can win it. And it's going to be interesting to see.
0: So I kind of had this – I, I kind of brought up this analogy <laughs> – uh, kind of in passing on the the pregame show, but I want you, I, you know, we'll we'll kind of wrap it up with this. Um, I want you you to give your thoughts on it as well. Last season, it felt like P.J. Washington was the consistent. He was the guy that you could rely on every single night the only other guy on the team that you felt pretty confident could kind of match, not necessarily match the production because P.J., I mean, he was one of the top players in all of college basketball for a reason, Um, but somebody that you kind of knew what you were going to get every single night out of, and that was Tyler Hero. Those were kind of the the two guys um, that you could rely on any given night, and you just kind of said, we need something out of at least – Two, you know, one, one at minimum, at least two guys to to make a, a serious run this year. Um, this year, it kind of feels like Emmanuel quickly and Nick Richards have become those those consistents that we saw, you know, just like out of of Nick, uh, out of uh, um, PJ and and Tyler Hero last year. It feels like you know any given night that Nick is going to give you fifteen and seven. 15 and 8, 14 and 8. Something something along those lines. That's a that's a you know pretty much a guarantee at this point. Emmanuel quickly, you know you're going to get 15 plus out of him. You know he's going to go to the line six times, you know, six times plus. Um you know that those are kind of the the two guys that I'm looking at right now as the as the guys that you know what you're going to get out of in March. Is there anyone else on the team right now that you trust to make that a third basically the do what Kentucky didn't have last year outside of PJ and, and Tyler.
1: Tyrese Maxing. Um he's given me hope the past couple games moving forward and I think that last year they thought that guy all season long was gonna be Kellen Johnson. And it never he never turned it on. Um freshman Ashton Haggins kind of just didn't get it done in the elite eight against Auburn. And that's a guy that it, it's going to be hard for them to win all last year with him at point guard. You know, they were right there, but what I would have, what happened was what I thought was going to happen all along. But back to the original question, I think that Tyrese Maxey is going to be the guy. And I think trying to think, do you think there's anybody that can be a Reed Travis on this year's team?
0: Um, well, I don't think it's going to be Nate Sestina I think it's going to be EJ I think EJ is going I mean, like like what you saw today Reed Travis wasn't going to be um, You know, just because of the pure dominance That was P.J. Washington You knew he wasn't going to be a 20-point-per-game a guy at all I mean, th- that was just the fact of the matter But you knew that Reed was going to give you the the intangible stuff. You you knew he was going to provide toughness. He was going to grab g- grab some tough rebounds. That's kind of what his game progressed to at the end of the year. Um and that's what EJ's kind of slowly slowly turning into. You know, you know, he grabbed some tough tough boards today. Um he was he was finishing around the rim. Um he had that one put back that was, re- that was really impressive. I think that could be uh, a pretty solid comparison. I mean, shoot. If you if you look elsewhere, I mean, sophomore Ashton Hagens versus freshman year Ashton Hagens, it's going to take a massive, massive upset. I mean, we we kind of saw over the last five games him play like freshman Ashton Hagens, but if he plays like he did in the second half today for the rest of the season, I think Kentucky is dangerous. I think that is the X factor right there. I think you got to get your consistency out of out of Emmanuel and and Nick. I think you got to you know get. Twelve plus from Tyrese every night, and then Ashton. Ashton is the one guy that you got to think, okay, if he can, if he can be a um, even an eight point, you know, eight point nine assist kind of guy, I think Kentucky's going to be very, very dangerous in March. Is is, is there anybody else that you kind of see as the as the X factor to to all of that?
1: No, I th- I think all of our points are mute if. Are moot if uh, Ashton Higgins isn't playing to the best of his ability because I don't care who steps up and is the P.J. Washington and who is the Reed Travis and who is the Tyler Hero. If you don't have Ashton Higgins playing as one of the best guards in the country throughout the, ter- throughout the entire tournament, Kentucky does not have a chance to win. It starts and ends with him, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think a, a lot of the fans in the first half, in particular, were you know sky is falling. Um, you, this the, you know, this this team isn't going to go anywhere in March. This team will never figure it out and all that stuff. And it was like it was funny to see how quickly they all just kind of went silent after they started beating up on a team they should have beaten up. Like I mean, they 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 turned on their Jets. They were playing just you, you just. Just awesome basketball on both ends of the floor. They were defending. They were making shots. They were putting, you know, finding, finding, creating open looks. I mean, it was that that second half team. I know Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt, and and you know, I'm not discounting that at all. But that was impressive. That was a very very impressive effort, and that's a um, that that was that was definitely a step in the right direction for me to make. My, for, for me to feel better about thing, UK's chances.
1: My biggest thing during the first half wasn't. The defense, I thought Kentucky was playing pretty decent defense. They were just getting every single bounce, every single shot was going in. My thing was Kentucky's inability to get uncontested looks against Vanderbilt, who's a terrible defensive team. by every metric that you can look up, mm-hmm. they're terrible. And yeah. Kentucky was unable to get clean looks against them and was just grinding it out on offense. And then, like we've talked about multiple times, just they unleashed the guards in the second half, and then that was the end of it.
0: Well, um, you know, big big win for Kentucky, massive comeback, uh, um, you know, much needed. It was a it was a solidifying victory there at the end, where where you felt pretty darn confident. Um, I'm feeling pretty darn confident going into Mi- uh, Ole Miss on Saturday, and uh, I'm I'm excited. This is this was a you know this was a good night for for both our interview and the Kentucky basketball team as a whole. So, uh, Travis, before we sign off, uh, tell fans where they can find your work.
1: You can find my work alongside David Sisk. We missed you, David, by the way, uh, on Cats Illustrated on the Rivals Network. Uh, come join, be a part of the House of Blue community. And you can find me on Twitter at Trav underscore Graph. You can find my other podcast on any podcast network. Uh, it's called the Cat Scan Podcast with a K. It is also on Twitter. Uh, it's at Cat Scan Pod, with, also with a K, of course. And be sure to follow that because right now we just had our 50th episode with rivals basketball analyst, Eric Bossy, uh, last night. And we're for our 50 to celebrate our 50th episode. we are giving away a $50 diesel gift card. So be sure to follow. And then, uh, and your in your name to win.
0: Am I eligible to, to win said $50 gift card?
1: No, that's Homerish.
0: Oh, Darn. Well, man, as always, I really appreciate you hopping on with us. Um, As far as me, if you... Are interested in sponsoring this show? Uh, we are looking for sponsors. Um, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR or via email Pilgrim at kentuckysportsradio dot You can find me at either of those places. Um, go go like us on on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. Go go subscribe. Go like us. Leave us a a five star review. We would definitely appreciate it. And with that, we will be back next week for another jam-packed Sources Say podcast. We will see you then.